So this is one of the biggest challenges of our day. How do Christians interact in a world that to even question the ethics of the LGBTQ plus movement is a major offense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you haven't been invited to a gay wedding, you probably will. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So on one hand, Christians are called to abstain from homosexual relationships, right? Like that's clearly sinful. Uh, don't go. There's something that we tell people is sin, just like so many sexual sins. So, which I'm sure most of most people are guilty of. So, and you're talking about the public celebration of something sinful. So why would you go to that? Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, Christians are called to be loving, to be kind, to be uh, gracious, to care for people. And so many people today will tend toward the feeling of like, they don't want to take an action that hurts a relationship with somebody of the LGBTQ community. Right. You have this open door they, uh, they're vulnerable with you. They invite you. They extend this invitation. So how could you not accept that? How could you not uh, want to be loving and kind and go yeah, to their wedding? A chance to witness to people yeah, at the wedding. I totally. Mean, to be like Jesus who had meals with sinners, right? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, this is a, a incredibly challenging issue. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if you're watching this and you're, you're dealing with this right now, because maybe you are because you sought this video out, but it, this, is, this is super difficult. And so I... I feel for you. I, I understand what you're going through, but God's word gives clarity on this. It really mm-hmm. does. There, there are principles we can look to that I think will be really helpful. Of course, you know, feel free in the comments to push back or share your own thoughts, and, and I like to respond to those. So please engage. Um, but there's a few things we have to say. Okay, so first thing is we're, we're of course called to befriend sinners. That should yeah. be like just a fundamental baseline for the Christian life. Mm-hmm is that we're not called to pull away from everyone in our life who's, who's sinful. Yeah. Um, when, when you get into an area where people disagree on a, on a moral issue, it's important to remind ourselves that we still love those people, right? There's no question that for me as a Christian, I should imitate Jesus with my life, that I should spend time with sinners, enter into their environments, befriend them, all those things. Okay, so that's not for debate. And uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, I just preached on this recently, mm-hmm. but Paul clarifies... He's talking about how we should you should expel certain people from the church. Very, very strong stuff he's talking about. But he clarifies that he's not talking about sinners that I mean or that, you know, non-Christians. So he says in 1 Corinthians 5 9, he says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy or and swindlers or idolaters, since then you need to go out of the world. So yeah. he's saying, Look, you you can't separate from sexual sinners that are non-Christians. That's that's not reasonable, and it's not part of our calling as Christians. So that's the first thing we're saying. And um, but let's talk specifically about gay weddings. So the questions for me that you can ask to kind of logically think through this are, are pretty simple. So maybe um, we can just you know answer these directly. And the questions I would ask are threefold. One, what is a wedding celebrating? What is a wedding celebrating? Two. As a Christian, can I join in that celebration and still be obedient to God? And then three, as a Christian, could I joyfully attend a wedding? So Mm -hmm. not just is it okay for me to attend and still technically be obedient, but can I joyfully attend? All those are very important questions. So let's just take those in, in order, right? So what is a wedding celebrating? Is it just a joint celebration of two people that I like? Is it is it basically like 
a double birthday party. Yeah. Is that is that That's what, what I've, it heard, is? I've heard that right? argument before, yeah. Yeah, well, you you'd go to the birthday party of someone who's gay. Of course I would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, why would I not go to a birthday party? <laughs> yeah. Um but but so then why don't you go to a wedding? Is that what it is? Is it the same thing? Well, no. No, it's actually the celebration of the union of two people. Mm-hmm. It's not a celebration of two people. It's a celebration of the union per se, right? That is the focus of the wedding. So that's why the ceremony will focus on the uniting of two people together. Yeah. That's, that, there'll be this big proclamation of something that's not true, that two people have become one flesh, right? <clears throat> whether that's in a, in a sort of Christian uh, you know, clothing or wrapping, or whether it's in some sort of secular form, yeah. that will be the proclamation that this is now a real union. That's why the wedding cake topper is stereotypically, you know, two people together. Um, that's why the toasts are usually about how great the couple is together. Mm-hmm. That, In other words, every single aspect of the celebration will be focused on the union of two people in holy matrimony. And it's not until very recently that anyone has made the argument that I've ever heard that a wedding is not a celebration of the union itself of the marriage itself. So if that's what you think, I just don't understand where that comes from at all. And again, if you think that comment, let us know, but that's why the traditional wedding vows would say, yeah. right? and, and it's, it's not just, sorry, it's not just a celebration of the union, it's really an endorsement or a blessing of the union by the community. Mm-hmm. So that's why the, the traditional vows would say, right, if anyone has a reason why these two should not be wed, let him speak now or forever hold his peace, right? Exactly, yeah. What that's saying is, it's you, by you being here, you're excited, you're celebrating, you're going to support this couple in their marriage, and you better speak now and, and say that something's wrong, otherwise it, they'll be joined together. Yeah, right? you're essentially giving your stamp of approval yeah. for them to that come is, together. Yeah. And, and if you're going to clap, and if you're going to yeah. smile, are you truly, are, are you being truthful in that? So, so that, those are all good questions. So the answer to the first question is pretty straightforward. Um, but a wedding is a celebration of the marriage, the union per se, Mm -hmm. and not just the people. So the second question is, as a Christian, can I join in that celebration and be obedient to Christ? Is that possible for me? Can I join in celebrating a marriage between two men or two women? Um, Well, if we're clear that God forbids homosexual relationships, then the answer is obviously no. It It should obviously be no. I can't celebrate that. Again, I'm not going to shun these people from my life, but the celebration is not something that I can I can be part of. Yeah. Right. We can't approve of something, um, do or someone doing something sinful. We can't approve of that. Romans one thirty two talks about says this though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. So the preceding verses are just talking about uh, really a whole range of sins. The, the, the verse right before, Romans one thirty one, a whole range of sins. Sins lead to death, right? Sin mm-hmm. is destructive. So this is very serious. If someone gives approval to those who practice sin, and we can't be part of that. Yeah. We cannot do that. So we have to be very careful not to do anything that approves of sin or condones sin. And so um, I'm just saying, you know, we're not saying we have to run away from the sinner, but we can't participate in something that communicates by any normal standards that we celebrate and we agree with mm-hmm. this union. So now some people would, would say there are lots of marriages that, you know, to me personally, Brandon, there are lots of marriages that you don't approve of, but you still be at the wedding. And 
Let, well, let's test that. Okay, let's test that. Because that is an interesting objection. I've heard it every time I've had this conversation. Every time that's been brought up. So someone once said to me, well, you would go to a non-Christian wedding. Why wouldn't you go to a gay wedding? So you would go to a, a, a man and a woman who are not Christian being married, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't go to a gay wedding. And yes, I would. I would go to a non-Christian wedding. If, if the answer to the first question is that the wedding is celebrating the union of two people, yeah. well, then even if someone's not a believer in Jesus, they're still being united, united in together. marriage. Yeah. And, and really, I would say, in some sense, God is still blessing that union. Mm-hmm. Um, again, maybe it's different than at Christians, but there's still something that God is uniting two people together, making them one flesh. So marriage is not just a gift for Christians. It was given to the entire world. So, of course, someone can be a non-Christian and get, and get married. married. Yeah. And, of course, I can celebrate that. I do wish they believed in Jesus, of course. Totally. Yeah. But I'm not going to not go to the wedding because yeah. they're not Christians yet. That's ridiculous. So you can celebrate that wedding. What about, this will also be brought up, what about someone who's divorced? Mm-hmm. Would you go to the wedding of somebody who is divorced? Well, again, that depends. So if someone left their spouse to marry someone else, then that's adultery in scripture. Yeah. So if you were the initiator of the the divorce, your spouse was faithful to you, they didn't want to be divorced and you left them to marry someone else, you are an adulterer. Yeah. I'm not going to be part of your wedding because that wedding is a celebration of adultery. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to go to anyone's wedding because they're straight. That's ridiculous. Yeah, of yeah. course not. I wouldn't celebrate that. And I actually say there's, there's um, even in spite of that, I actually say there's more reason there's a better argument to go to an adulterous wedding than to a gay wedding. Because at least in the adulterous wedding, there is at least still some semblance mm-hmm. of the original picture of, of marriage. There's still a man and a woman, and you'll still have a real union after the fact. It'll just be an act of adultery to enter that union. So, I, for example, I had a, have a friend who, you know, has been married for 15 years, something like that, and his, but he was previously married. And he was unfaithful. He left his spouse and he got married and then he came to Christ after that and, and now has kids and everything. And it would not be a good thing for him to now divorce his current wife to go back to his original wife. Yeah. It wouldn't. He, he, now he committed Destroying adultery. His family. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he, did, he did real harm, but now he is bound in this marriage. It yeah. is a real marriage. So even that, again, I wouldn't go to it, but even that, it is still something akin to a marriage, yeah. much closer than a, than a gay marriage. So, um, But if someone had a spouse who abandoned them and was unfaithful to them and divorced them and then they got remarried, I would, of course, go to that wedding. Mm-hmm. So if it was a biblical reason for them to be divorced, meaning their spouse abandoned them, that's 1 Corinthians 7, or was unfaithful to them, I would say continually, Matthew 19 is a reference for that, then, of course, I could not only be part of that wedding, I could officiate that wedding yeah. because God... Um, you know, would bless that wedding, at least by you know that standard. Hmm. So, but I would turn around and ask you if you're still saying I'm a Christian, I would go to this wedding, the gay wedding, even if I disagree with it. What kind of wedding would you not go to? I mean, and I mean this seriously. Of course, it's fair to ask me. Well, would you go to this kind of wedding, that kind of wedding? I want to ask you the same thing. Would you go to uh, a polygamist wedding? Uh, and maybe maybe you're laughing. You're saying that's crazy. I've been invited to a polygamous wedding, not Mormons. Wow, secular people, right? And this was years ago. It was probably five years ago. Some some friends of ours, you know, that were that we really loved, non Christians, lesbian couple, decided to marry a man. The two women married the man, and you're saying, well, it's not legal. Well, it will be soon. Yeah. 
So the question remains, would you, would you go to it? Is that all that matters is that the law changes? Would you participate in that? Because you will be invited to something like that. Would you go uh, to a wedding if your friend wanted to marry their dog? Would you go if a father wanted to marry his son? Again, these things will be a reality in the next couple of decades. So yeah. Christians better start thinking more critically than just someone's going to be offended if I don't go. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you, you going to stand on? What is true? What is false? You have to draw some clear lines. And I hope that your line would be, I can't sit in a ceremony and pretend something is a marriage that clearly, obviously, is not a marriage by definition. Mm-hmm. I hope that's your standard. And that gets to the third question, right? Even if I could attend that wedding and still not be sinning, could I joyfully participate in that wedding? Could, could I be happy? Could I be joyful about this? Right? 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So for us as Christians, true love can't have joy in something false or something wrong. Yeah. We have to rejoice in the truth. So if, just imagine if you're sitting there with this, this person you love, this friend or family, whatever, that you love so much, and they're entering into this relationship, could you watch a person that you care about a lot enter into something fundamentally destructive to their life? Could you watch someone that you care, care about make the worst decision of their life quite possibly, commit themselves to openly disobeying God's law, inviting in their friends and family to celebrate their breaking of God's law, without being crushed by the weight of what you're watching. Like, could, could you do that? Could you actually do that and not, not, not be crying, not be overwhelmed by the emotion that this is, a, this is a bad thing, this is a harmful thing, and people are encouraging this person in it? Um, could you sit there, you know, without pray, just constantly praying that God would save them from their sin? Could you plaster on a smile? Could you clap your hands? Could You know what I mean? Could you actually enter into this in a way that wouldn't be, I don't know, excruciatingly painful yeah. and obvious to everyone around you? The right response, right, for the Christian would be to mourn. Yeah. Not to be yeah, to celebrating to, to this. To hope yeah. that, this, that something happens to intervene that this doesn't go through or that yeah. it could be undone as soon as possible. So that's, that's just a, an honest, maybe that's you know going to be emotional for some people, but I think it's important to consider. Could you actually participate in this joyfully. So a a few practical considerations, okay? Just very practical about this. So now that we've thought through kind of the philosophy of it, how do we think through this? What are some practical things? One is you don't have to explain yourself to every person. You know, when we, sometimes a simple, I can't make it is okay. So when we got invited to that polygamist wedding, I'm like, I mean, they know that we're like very committed Christians, right? Like they understand that we're, this is our life. And they invited us to this. And I was like, oh my goodness, how are we going to have this conversation? It's going to be awkward. It's gonna, you know, we're going to be offensive, whatever. And I was praying on it. And the, the woman that we were closest to came over to our house. You know, she was, she's in the neighborhood. She's like, oh, can I come by real quick? She stopped at our house, sat on our couch and she's like, oh, are you guys going to be able to come to the wedding? And, and, uh, Laura was like, no, we can't, we can't make it. And she was like, oh, bummer. Okay, well, anyway, and she moved on to the next topic conversation, you know? And I was like, whew, okay, you know, (laughs) it's not going to be this huge fight. And I like a lot of people, again, if you're, especially if it's just a friend or a loose acquaintance, a lot of people are going to understand why and they're not going to press that point. Um, And a simple, nope, can't be there is is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, if they ask more, then you can be honest with them, right? Sometimes your absence will be very noticeable, someone you're close to. And my recommendation with that would be to 
try to get ahead of, of that, right? So if it's coming, if it's down the road, if you think this person's, you know, going to be inviting me to this wedding, don't wait until the invitation's in the mail, right? Or in your mailbox to, to have that conversation. Maybe say, Hey, I see this is coming. I see that, you know, this is your lifestyle. I just want to let you know when that time comes, I'm not, I'm not going to participate yeah. in that. And it's, and here's why. And I love you. Right. So take an opportunity when it's not as emotional, it's not as high pressure mm-hmm. to have that conversation with someone you love a lot. Cause that's just, it's caring of them, caring for them. And it's really kind of setting a foundation so that people will have time to accept that and, and iron out any differences. Remember, this isn't a boycott. I've heard that word used a lot. Oh, you're boycotting a wedding. No, it's not. A boycott is about uh, attacking a business, right? This is about helping a friend. Mm-hmm. This is about caring for people. This is not about making a political point. And really, I, I think be careful because lots of Christians are, are heavily politically engaged. They care about the culture wars, all that stuff. Do not let this, when it comes to your friend, friendship or your family, be about politics. Don't mix that in, right? Speak to them in love. Speak to them about its truth, but focus on the, the key issue. And so the last thing would be remember that love has to be our focus, right? I believe that the decision to not celebrate something sinful is, in God's eyes, more loving than mm-hmm. to be part of it. That's why I want to do it, because it, I want to love this person the best way I can. Jesus was motivated out of love, not people's opinions. And that's why, kind of ironically, that's why he spent time with prostitutes, tax collectors, and sinners. Because in his day, that was condemned, right? But he didn't care about that. In our day, it's, it's encouraged, really, right? <laughs> but in his day, it was condemned. And he said, you know, I, I don't care what certain people think. I'm going to do what is right because this is my mission to reach people. But Jesus would have never marched in a pro-abortion march or a gay pride event. And I don't think he ever would have attended a wedding celebrating something that is inherently sinful. That's not who Jesus was because he loved those people that he spent time with too much to condone their sin or to encourage them in something that was evil and going to destroy them. So, and and I I always wish like I was as good as as Jesus and walking that line between that the high calling of Christian faithfulness and a tender love for people in need, right? Like in John 8, 11, where Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. There's the grace and the love go. And from now on, sin no more. Yeah. There's the high calling.